0: Hello, and welcome to the Mid-Ohio Valley Public Forum video podcast. I'm Jennifer Bryant. And I'm Kim Van Ryn.
1: And I'm Mark Graves.
0: <laughs> well, the current pandemic has changed life quite a bit through our country.
2: And this is an election year, and some of those changes impact the election. So we hope this podcast will enable people to do everything correctly when they go to the polls, like go to the correct poll and uh, make sure their vote will count. We also hope that it will help things run more smoothly
0: at the polls. Election day is just around the corner. Uh, Early voting begins on Wednesday, October 21st. It runs through the 31st. And then comes election day, your absolute last day to vote. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. Tuesday, November 3rd. Our podcasts are available on multiple platforms, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as your favorite podcast outlet, including Spotify. You can search there to find out information on lots of different candidates who joined us for interviews, both during the primary and during the general election. Um, We hope that they're helpful.
2: Today we're interviewing Mark Rhodes. Mark Rhodes is the county clerk for Wood County. So he'll be running the election and he's here to answer your questions. If you wanna leave a question, message the page and send us a question and we will try to get it
0: in and get a response. Well, Mark, if you could just take a minute and give us a short introduction on who Mark Rhodes is and what the county clerk is responsible for and does for elections in Wood County.
1: Okay. Hello, I'm Mark Graves. I'm the clerk. Elections is we're in charge of the preparation, ballot prep, registering the candidates, voters registration rolls. Uh, Let's make sure that those are clean. All of the election equipment, the the delivery of the equipment. uh, Once the poll workers are appointed by the parties, then conducting the training of the poll workers and everything that goes along with election day to make sure everything is done legal and make sure that every legal vote counts. Counts. <laughs> wow,
2: well, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> How are you situated for polling locations and poll workers this year? How many polling places will be open and do you have enough poll workers?
1: Right now on election day, we will have 68, all 68 precincts will be open. We have two of them that had to be moved. Uh, Beachwood Presbyterian Church has been moved to Van Divenert School, and the two precincts at WVUP have been moved to Canala School. So hopefully we have all those open. Uh, We currently have less than a dozen alternates, um, but we currently have every position filled. So that, yeah, knocking on wood that nobody else wants to call off sick.
0: Well, I understand that it's too late this election to sign up to work the polls, but for future reference, can you tell us about the requirements for being a poll worker and uh, a little bit about the training they go through?
1: The biggest requirement is you have to be a registered voter in the county. Uh, as long as you're a registered voter, that you qualify. You cannot be a candidate or the family member, an immediate family member of a candidate, but for some clarification, we've had city council people that actually work the polls on election day, but we place them in a location where they are not on the ballot. So if they're in precincts 8, 16, and 35, we may have them working in precinct 74 in Mineral Wells. That way they're nowhere near anything that has their name on it. Uh, that is the biggest, the biggest uh, drawback on that one. The poll workers are actually appointed by the Democrat and Republican Party. So they nominate everybody to the County Commission. Basically, Uh, we make sure that they're registered and submit the list to the County Commission. And all other people that are not contacted by the party, they can contact our clerk's office or their clerk's office in the state, and they will set them up to be, if nothing else, an alternate and place them that way. We have about, it's roughly about a two-hour training class. Uh, The last week, it's lasted closer to two and a half hours because we have an electronic poll book this year for the general election that's taken up a little bit more time for training.
2: So, this is an election year, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So we've had some voters ask about safety at the polls this year. What measures are being taken to um, ensure the voters' health and safety when they come to the polls? And specifically, um, Whitney has sent in a question and asked if the poll workers are going to be required to wear masks and take COVID precautions.
1: We have a couple poll workers that are not going to be wearing masks that I can tell you because they have medical conditions. Um, so they're not going to be required to wear a mask. The poll worker for the voters themselves, if they show up without a mask, we cannot require them to wear a mask. Although it may be mandatory, the right to vote supersedes any executive order, then that you must wear a mask. We will have hand sanitizer available. Uh, all the pul workers have been we have face masks, gloves, uh, but we also have face shields, which I think we've already had several pull workers opt that they wanted those as opposed to a mask, because if you're looking at a 14-hour day, face shields going to be a little more comfortable, I believe, than a mask is. So uh, we're again, asking the people. Keep in mind the social distancing rule, but you know, if if you're fear, fearful, then I suggest that you do an absentee ballot.
2: Now, is it too late to get an absentee ballot? What's as the deadline?
1: As, as long as we have as long as we have the request in our office by October the 28th, uh, we will mail out the abs, mail out the absentee ballot. Yes. So, every, but in West Virginia, you have to actually apply. So we have an application process.
0: And they can find that um, on the GoVote West Virginia. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, It's on GoVote West Virginia. It is on our website and it's also available. If you call our office, we'll mail you one.
0: All right. (laughs) Um, Well, for a few voters, this will be the first election they've ever voted in. I remember my first election. I was super excited, but that was, more years ago than I'd like to admit. (laughs) So I know that there are probably some slightly different requirements that a new voter um, may need to know about. Uh, Could you tell us, you know, what a voter must have when they come to the polls?
1: We have a lot of people that are registering to vote online uh, and by postcard. Um, And the same with the Department of Motor Vehicles. If you go to renew your driver's license, it pops up right now and asks you if you want to register to vote, it's an opt-in. If so, then they transfer the data data to us so that we can get you registered. So if we have not seen you personally, uh, then you're going to have to show some form of ID when you first go in. Every registered voter has to show an ID, but if it's your first time, then you're either going to have to show like a, West, a state issued driver's license or an ID. A concealed weapons card, a military ID, passport, something that basically has your photo on it. If it's, and that's for a first time voter, uh, if you've gone through the DMV, they've captured, captured your signature, we get that file whenever you do the registration, so we have your signature on file, we still do a signature verifications. If it's not a first-time voter, then you can show your voter's registration card, a utility bill. You can even show a debit or credit card. (laughs)
2: Library card?
1: (laughs) Library card. Something's got your name and address on it uh, just to verify who you are.
2: Okay. I understand that West Virginia law prohibits a few things at the polls that may be fine elsewhere. Um, For example, there are some restrictions about what voters can have at the polls, what they can wear at the polls. Um, So can you tell us about that and give some examples of um, how that's handled?
0: I'll piggyback onto this one. We had a question come in from Tommy. Uh, He wants to know about electioneering. Uh, I know there's a rule like 100 feet or something specific.
1: Yes, it's 100 feet from the entrance door to the polling location. And for the early voting sites, it's actually the property. Uh, It covers the entire property. So basically there's downtown. We use the courthouse uh, annex, Judge Black annex. So it is no county property can you have campaigning on during early voting. Uh, We use the volunteer fire departments. The same applies there. It cannot be on their property, even if it may be closer than 100 or further away than 100 feet. Uh, The parking lot across the street downtown is hundred and eight feet, because I've measured it in the spring. <laughs> you can still not be in that parking lot. You could be on the sidewalk in between the street and the parking lot, but you cannot be in the parking lot and campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so along with the 100 the foot roll with the electioneering goes with Kim's question about uh, hat. If you have a candidate's hat, uh, either the candidate's name or the party slogan, uh, I have to just says vote Republican, something of that nature. That is electioneering. So, normally, if uh, we see people walk through the door, you know, we ask them to just hold their hat. Uh, if they have on t shirts with candidates' name or something of that nature, you know, send them down the hallway and they will turn it inside out so that they can still get the vote. I think a big problem that we're gonna have this time is some face mask. So yeah, you know, that's gonna be kind of one of those either turned inside out and I'm gonna to try to have extra face mask at the poles so that if somebody wants to take theirs off and just put one on, they can do that. So that they're not violating the 100 foot rule.
0: And now that there's probably some gray room in there because it will be up to the poll workers to decide if something violates that rule.
1: Uh, a little bit, yes. I mean, but if it's clearly a candidate's name, it's a violation. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's one of those, and for, and for the voters that are out there, be mindful of that. They're just on their job. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the primary, we had a couple of nasty people that refused to take off their hats or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and my response was, call 911. It is a violation of the law law enforcement and we did have a deputy respond to the judge black annex on election day because somebody threw a ignorant bit because mm-hmm. he didn't want to take his hat off and the deputy took him outside and talked him into it and he mm-hmm. came back in but didn't left
0: <laughs> <laughs> well people are very excited about voting this year probably more so than any year i've since i've been voting um, and they're voting in by mail in record numbers. Uh, can you cover what voters need to know to ensure that their mail-in ballot is good and will be counted?
1: Uh, well, I've, I've seen a couple of rumors uh, that you have to put a stamp on it for it to be treated as first class mail so it gets returned. We put postage on it to cover that. That's all paid for by us when it goes out. You can... Uh, Like I said, we've been getting a couple hundred back every day uh, in the U.S. mental service. Uh, We've sent out 60, I think 6,300 ballots so far, and we've now got back about 4,500 of those. But we've also got numerous phone calls from people saying, I've got the ballot, but what if I want to go election day? Or what if I want to go early vote? So we always have, and in the primary, we had probably about 400 ballots that were turned on that were brought back to the polls and said we didn't vote at this but we want to vote here. Uh, so even though the numbers may seem like there's a lot of them a lot of ballots that are floating out there, they're really not. I mean a lot of times people do just have those. Where they get it and they'll call our office and go, I don't like anybody, well then don't vote. <laughs> just <laughs> read it. <laughs> uh, don't give it somebody else just read it. Uh, so uh So we we do get them back in the mail constantly, or you can hand deliver those to the courthouse. Um, I have offices on all four floors, so any of them that you walk into, they'll take it, and we'll make sure it gets clocked in.
2: So there are certain things they have to do, I mean, that they should be mindful to do to make sure their ballot is good and will count.
1: The back side of the, the envelope that you're going to return that absentee ballot in has a form, it has a place for your signature uh, and things that. make sure you sign it. Uh, we do get them back. Sometimes they are blank on the back. The label, the person's name is on the front of it. So we normally just follow up, call them and say we're going to copy this. send you the copy of it, complete it, and sign it. Send it back to us, then we will stick it with that and make sure it's there as long as it's in our office. We've sent you that ballot. It's going to get counted. Uh, and it's and as long as it is postmarked by Election Day. So even if you voted on Monday before the election, you drop it into the post box. We don't get it until Thursday as long mm-hmm. as it's postmarked, it will still get counted. It will get added in Monday after the election during the board of Canvas.
2: Okay. Now, can voters track their ballot once they've turned it in, you know, or mailed it in? Can they verify that it's been processed and that they didn't find any issues with it?
1: Yes. Uh, you can either use the GoVoteWV.com app. Uh, and we, we, if we receive it today, we clock it in today. I'm not for sure when they update the website on that because... We have put in a husband's and a wife's. The husband called and said, mine was, mine showed up that you got mine, but my wife's didn't. But when we looked, it was there. So Mm -hmm. that's the other thing is we've actually had several people call our office, you know, a week or so after they've mailed it and said, have you got it yet? So, Mm -hmm. and we will look that up and tell them.
0: Well, I think you just said, uh, our next question was, how many absentee ballots have been rejected in Wood County? Um,
1: rejected? None. <laughs> uh, even, so you- even, even in the primary, uh, as I said, because if we send it out to you, then we, yeah, you're a registered voter, you did it. I, I, could, I cannot say that because there was a couple of people that insisted on voting the different party ballot in the primary. So when we sent those out, we sent it out as a provisional ballot, meaning they were not registered with that party, but they insisted Mm -hmm. on voting on it. And when they came back, the county commission did uphold that, that it would not count. The same thing would happen if they were going to the polls. So it's Mm -hmm. not because it was an absentee ballot. It's just because they didn't vote the way they were signed up for. Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: So... If someone's mail-in ballot is rejected, are they informed? And are they given a reason why and an opportunity to correct it and resubmit it?
1: Well, as I said, we don't normally reject it unless it's it's the provisional ballot. Somebody wants to vote. In the primary, somebody wanted to vote the wrong party, the party they were not registered with. So Mm -hmm. that was a provisional ballot same as it would have went into if you would have walked into the polls on that day. So the county commission acting as border canvassers actually roll on those. Uh, so I can't really say it's been rejected. If there's an application, we have had people that have submitted applications. They registered online and we got the application before we got the registration online. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have contacted them and said you're not registered. Fortunately, everybody that that happened to we got before the registration registration deadline was up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do everything that we can you know, like I said, to make sure that they count because we often have John. gentleman walked in this afternoon. He had his and his wife's and he said, no, well, yours has tape all over. And he said, yeah, that's because we're sitting at the kitchen table voting. He's I stuffed both of them into one envelope. So I got my envelope back open. He said, take hers out. She put it in her envelope, signed it. He said, is this a problem? And I went, sign it across the tape. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we count it. So we get that barely often. It's one of those, husband and wife, they'll sign the wrong envelope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, again, we follow up, call them and say, hey, did this happen? The same as when somebody did not complete it at all. We sent them a copy of it and say, "Complete this. Send it back to us so it can get counted."
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What if a voter realizes they've made a mistake on their mail-in ballot? <laughs> what can they do? Um, sure. Should they go vote in person or ask for a provisional? Or how does that work? Uh,
1: they could. Once it's once it's back in our office, it's voted. It's counted. Uh, you can. Yes, if you went to the polls, it's gonna pop up that you have an absentee ballot. So you're gonna vote a provisional ballot. I'm gonna tell you, it's not gonna count because I, that's up to the county commission. But I'm gonna tell you, it's not going to count because that would be allowing somebody to vote twice. Uh, we actually had somebody to call the other day and they did not vote. And it's like, I don't remember voting for um, one of the braces that's on the back side of the ballot. So just send me another one and I'll vote it. If you have access to the ballot, you have access to the whole ballot. We don't see those. Uh, The ballots, when they come in, if you've done an absentee, they're in an envelope with just a precinct number on it. That's inside of an envelope. So that has all the information to swear in part, basically. when they come in, we clock them in or you know, log them into the computer that they've been returned to us. They're sitting on a shelf in a locked room in our office right now. After early voting starts, we open up the outside envelope, separate the two envelopes, then we take the ballots out of the second envelope and separate those. We keep them shuffled. That way, Mark Red's envelope may be here. And my ballot is someplace else in that stack, and they can't be tied back together. Okay. And I and I gotta say for myself, and I think for all my employees in the office, we don't care. I mean, we don't care how you vote. It's just one of those if you vote. Even when I was on the ballot, it, it's one of those. I just want to see people vote. Now, as soon as as soon as campus was over and we were running the final numbers, that's when I went, oh crap, uh, you know. this is for real and (laughs) this is my job so yeah but up until then it was the procedure to make sure everything was done correctly. Mm
2: -hmm. So if a voter is going to do a mail-in ballot or an absentee ballot they get it they fill it out and what do they do with it once they've completed it do we have drop boxes they can take it to Or can they take it to the polls either during early voting or on election day and give it to a poll clerk.
1: We do not have drop boxes, unless you consider the big blue ones that have the United States Postal Service on it as a drop. box. Uh, uh, That is it, you can you can actually drop it off to a poll worker during early voting, Mm -hmm. but you cannot drop it off on election day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but during early voting, the poll worker can take it. Even if it's one of the other class or one of the other locations other than downtown, those ballots are brought back to the courthouse every night and locked up. So then therefore that would just come back on election night or on Saturday afternoon. We then log them all into the system saying that they've, they've been returned
2: okay so, so they can
1: they just can't do it on election day <laughs> they cannot do it on election day no hand deliveries on election day now.
0: <laughs> okay so but i think we covered
1: we, yeah we do get several on during early voting where somebody will walk in and go i brought in mom or dad's absentee ballots and they go ahead and vote you know so that's happened even before a pandemic <laughs>
0: So I think we covered mail-in ballots have to be covered by our our postmarked by election day. Um, But someone told me that the post office is closed on election day. It is. Not, right?
1: (laughs) It it is. So you need to take it on November 2nd to the post office to make sure that it's stamped or it's clocked in in there so that we have a Hmm. So.
2: All voters are required to show ID at the polls in West Virginia. Can you just, we kind of talked about this a little bit before, can you cover the kinds of ID that are acceptable? And what happens if your face in person doesn't match the face on your ID any longer?
1: Well, the face right now in person is going to be very difficult to check because most everybody's got on a mask, uh, and you don't have that. So, you know, during training, I've just said use your best judgment uh, for the poll workers. You yeah. mm-hmm. so. Uh, but again, if you're if you've if you're a longtime voter and you've voted, and most times you don't have to show the picture ID. I mean, you can show your voter's registration card. You can show your birth certificate, a utility bill, uh, a health insurance card. Uh, something of that nature. So there's a lot of non-forms of ID that, or non-photo forms of ID that you can use if you're not a first-time voter. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those. And again, it comes back to the poll worker's judgment on those. And if they feel that, you know, if you walk in there and you have no ID, mm-hmm. they're going to say, you know, you need to have some form of ID. Yeah, they may run out to the vehicle and get it. We've had actually a couple people and I just live a block away. I'll be back. They went and got that. But if you say, nah, well, they're going to let you vote a provisional ballot,
2: mm-hmm.
1: standing there even without an ID, and with that you can come to the office and produce an ID to us before the campus starts. So on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you can show up at the office or before 9 a.m. on Monday morning and say, look. Come here. Here's my ID. It
0: really so it, is me.
1: <laughs> it really is me. And then we count it. Good. We, so get, we've had that a couple times.
2: So people could even go out to their car and get their car registration if their name's on that or their insurance, uh, car insurance?
1: Something that has, something that proves who they are that's got their ID, uh, as I said, a debit card. Oh yeah. Um, if they're a long-time voter, it's a debit card. I know, you really don't want to talk about debit and credit cards in a polling place, but <laughs> yeah, so we'll take that.
0: So, what if I moved recently and no longer live at the address on my voter registration? Can I still vote, and where would I vote—my old precinct or the one where I live now?
1: If you've moved within the county, um, you move from, you know, Belleville to Vienna, call our address or call the office. We will tell you which precinct to go to. When you go there, they're probably going to call and verify that we sent you there, and they'll let you vote a provisional ballot, and we'll do an address change. If you've moved from a different county, uh, then you're not registered to vote, and you've missed the deadline on that, so they'll still let you vote a provisional ballot, but more than likely, they won't let you do it. But there is a provision in the code that if you've moved within the state, you can still vote in your old precinct if it's less than 30 days since you've moved. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Well, suppose I get to the polls just before 7.30 and there's a line. Am I still going to be able to vote?
1: Yes, as long as you're there before 7.30. Because at 7.30, the, there's going to be two of the poll clerks that start at the back of the line. And they will issue what we call a waiting voter permit. And mm-hmm. they'll start at the back of the line with number one. Mm-hmm. And they work their way up to the first person in line. All voting stops at that point in time until they get this done. Uh, Then they'll start everybody voting again. There's an override on the machine so that because they wanna shut down at 7.30. Mm -hmm. So if you walk in without a waiting voter permit, you're not gonna get the vote because you were not in line at 7.30. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the primary is 16 and a couple of the schools they just opened up the doors and said, everybody come into to the gymnasium. And then they had a guy stand there and let everybody out to make sure nobody got back in because they couldn't issue enough waiting voter permits. Oh. <laughs> so so it was one of those that was just the easiest way to do it. They just brought them all inside of the gym. That was everybody that was waiting in line. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so poll workers, poll workers adapt.
2: Mm-hmm. So as long as you're in that line at 730, you're golden. Yes.
0: Okay. well, this is probably something that a lot of people have thought about. Um, What if I come down with covid between now and Election Day and I'm supposed to be quarantined and unable to vote in person and I didn't ask for an absentee ballot?
1: If it's if it's by the 28th, you can send me an absentee application. We'll take it by email. Uh, I mean, we we get them by email. We get them by fax. The application itself, we can basically take in any, you know, any electronic fashion uh, when it comes through. So you can still apply for that. That still gives us time to get the ballot out to you, and even though it may not get back until like Thursday after the election, you know, we can still make sure it counts. If you get admitted to the hospital after after early voting, so let's say you go into the hospital on the 30th, 31st, then we actually will send two people to the hospital to allow you to vote. The hospital has to contact us by name, um, either hospitals or nursing homes within our area. And then we will send two people there with a paper ballot. You'll complete everything, seal it up just like you do an absentee. And yeah, they'll bring that back to the courthouse that day to count. Hmm. And we have, we normally have at least one. We've had, I think as high as six that we have done on election day that way.
2: Wow, what if if you have COVID and it's like the day before the election and you've just been diagnosed, but you're not sick enough to be in the hospital. You're just supposed to be quarantined. Is there some sort of um, accommodation for that situation?
1: Reading some CDC guidelines, basically what they're asking us to do is set up a completely separate precinct and completely separate room away from everybody and everything and allow somebody to come in and vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say right now, I'll deal with it if I get that phone call. (laughs) And They'll probably be kind of in that form and fashion uh, Mm -hmm. because we can have the express vote machine, that we use the early voting because it basically just marks your ballot and get and we can have the ballot. So it's one of those. I hope I do not have to deal with that, but
0: we'll what about if have necessary? <laughs> yeah. Could they
2: vote I, from their car or could they vote yeah. from their car or something like that with a paper? Is something ballot? of that
1: nature. Something of that nature. Yes, we could take the express vote out to the vehicle and have mm-hmm. them to vote that way uh, if it comes down to it.
2: Okay.
1: I mean, that's, I will say, it's one of those in the back of my mind, I've got ideas or whatever, but it's one of those, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with it when it comes up and we'll make sure that if we can, we'll make, sure they can get it taken care of.
2: So can you think of any circumstances where someone shows up to vote and they're not allowed to vote?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we've had people that stopped and voted in a presidential election because they forgot to vote. They were driving through here. They actually lived in Kentucky and they were driving through Parkersburg and saw the vote here sign and they stopped and voted. So, I mean, they're Kentucky residents. Again, if you have access to the ballot, it's not just the president that you have access to. It is all state, county and municipal elections. So they voted on somebody's mayor and council person that's not representing them. Mm. So that did not count. Uh, if you're not registered, then you know that, that is about the only way. Or if you, uh, we've also had some city employees that live outside of the city limits, and they will go vote on election day and say, but I couldn't get to my home precinct, so I had to vote here. Mm. Well, you've had early voting that you could deal with. Uh, And if you knew that you had to work this day by law, uh, as long as you, as long as you know 30 days, I think it is before election day that you may have to work that day, they have to make adequate time off for you to go to your precinct to cast your ballot. So, um, and they just wanted to vote on who the next mayor was going to be to be their boss. So those were provisional ballots and they did not count. Mm -hmm. There, you know, as I said, again, every legally cast ballot, we want to make sure it counts.
0: Well, that's a perfect segue into our next question. Uh, We've mentioned several different times provisional ballots. Tell us what a provisional ballot is and how it works and how they get counted.
1: Okay, provisional ballot is anytime that the poll workers question your legality to vote in that precinct. we do have people, like I said, that have moved. They'll show up in their old precinct, or they'll show up in the new pre, I'm sorry, they'll show up in their old precinct and go, Now I've already voted here, I'm going to go ahead and vote here, but you've moved. You mm-hmm. should be going to so-and-so. Um, I want to vote here. They've changed their address with us or, you know, through the DMV or something of that nature. That's a provisional ballot because they're not in that person's poll book. I mean, when they. The poll commission clerks, when they set down their book, they have a list of every registered voter within that precinct that can cast a ballot. So if they're not in that book, it's going to be a provisional ballot, uh, whatever the reason may be. Uh, We've actually had uh, like canceled voters, absentee, where somebody's applied for an absentee ballot and voted it. They turn around and mail it back in and they show up at the polls couple of times, I think that they legitimately forgot that they voted, uh, older people. (laughs) So we, yeah, but if there is a question as far as whether it is legal or legitimate in that precinct, then the poll workers can do it as a provisional ballot. Uh, Provisional just means it's going to be challenged. Mm -hmm. The Monday after the election, the county commission meets as the board of canvassers and they review every one of those. We review all of those and say, yes, this person did move. They did change their address. Uh, yeah. I voted a provisional ballot many years ago because I was working with the software and before we had a statewide system, and I had part of what I was doing was I was going in there, I was putting a date to death in for myself, running software exports, sending it to the Secretary of State's office, we did that probably a half dozen times over a two week time frame. I forgot to take the day to death out. So I went to the polls and I walked over to what I thought was my precinct. You're not in the poll book. So I walked across the gym. That's like, you're not in the poll book. So I walked back across the gym. and went, Is my wife in the poll book? They said, yes, but I wasn't there. So I voted a provisional ballot. And I'm going, why would I not be in the poll book? I go back to the office, get ready to set up for election night, and it's one of those. I bring up my record, and I'm going, huh, I'm dead. (laughs) You killed yourself, too. (laughs) I killed myself. So I revived myself, made myself active, and that ballot actually counted, because (laughs) it's one of those, there was a reason that I was not in the poll book, and it was a reason that was, yeah.
0: Well, that's a that's a first big time. joke down where I'm from. I'm from the southern coal fields, and they say mm-hmm. all the time that dead people vote. But you actually
1: did. <laughs> <Actually> did. <laughs> that's uh yeah that's the first time I ran. My brother, I told my brother I was running, and he said, "I'll vote for you." He said, "Oh hell, I'm from Lincoln County. Just go ahead, and Mark Moon. Just go ahead and mark my ballot for me." He said, "I vote absentee."
2: goodness. So what if I want to vote in person, but I don't have a way to get to the polling place? What do people uh, do?
1: Actually, there is, and I know that both of the parties have in the past, if we have been able to get a phone number, normally we can call them and they will try to get a, somebody get a ride to the polls on election day. Uh, sometimes, like I said, but most of the time it's the party people that provides something of that nature. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll try. I know my wife went to take a nice little lady to the polls because her car had broken down the day before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I talked to her about 20 minutes one day and I told my wife, I said, call her. She's gonna talk you off, but she's a good lady <laughs> and she ended up going. and her neighbor ended up taking her to the polls the next day. So she, but my wife was gonna go do that.
0: Well, let's fast forward a little bit to election day. It's after 7.30 and the very last person who was in line has voted. Uh, what happens now? How are the votes counted? Uh, what about the mail-in ballots and absentee ballots and provisional ballots? How does all that process go forward?
1: Okay, uh, throughout the day, as you're voting on election day, you're dropping your ballot into a scanner uh, and it keeps, it keeps track of everything. At the end, of, after 7.30, and everybody's done, the poll workers do a uh, close the polls, and it basically uploads that data to a thumb drive that comes back to the courthouse at night. Uh, we read it into the software. The absentees um, in West Virginia, we actually open those up after early voting starts, and we can scan them and have those ready. And at 7.30, we do the same thing. So nothing is actually tallied or counted until after 7.30. It's all just scanned and just waiting to be tallied and counted. Uh, So the first results that you'll see on election night will be the absentees and the early vote because those are at the courthouse. So all we have to do is finish closing the polls and load the data. Um, Then we have to wait for all the polls to come in from, yeah, Brockport and Williamstown and across the street from the city building. Uh, they're not always first. <laughs> uh, it depends on how many people, if they even have people waiting in line or something of that nature on how fast the polls come in. Uh, with that, we read those off at of the theorem drive on election night, but the ballots themselves also come back to the courthouse on election night, um, which we have had to in the past kind of, we get recollect flash drive went bad, something of that nature. So we go back to the machines, uh, pull them off of the shelf, open it back up and redo everything so that we have the the totals. Uh, So you will see, what you see on election night will include the absentees and the early voting totals. Uh, The only thing that you'll see afterwards, I believe we got 44 absentee ballots the day after the election in the primary and four or five after that. So we added in roughly about 50 ballots after the primary, plus the provisional.
2: Okay. Uh, We had folks that sent us questions in advance of this interview. And one of them asked, do you feel confident that you're prepared and can process all the mail-in votes in a timely manner with this unprecedented surge in COVID-19? And um, they also wanted to know when the absentee and mail-in ballots were open and counted. So I think you just answered the next question for us.
1: <laughs> yes, we, we should have all of those ready to go for election night, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, we had another voter who asked, um, when do you expect to have a final tally of all the votes? On November 3rd, a week later, when?
1: <laughs> November 3rd is the unofficial total uh and then so that means november the ninth is going to be the day of canvas canvas usually lasts with this system probably one day uh once we get finished with canvas then what we will do on that Monday is declare the results which gives the 48 hour window if a candidate wants to request a hand count. If nobody requests a hand count then they become official. Uh, and I don't know if it's, don't remember if it's one of the questions, but on the hand count, I just kind of wanted to add for the campus, part of the campus is we randomly draw three precincts out mm-hmm. of a hat and pull those ballots and we sit down and hand count, hand count those ballots to make sure they match the computer total. Mm-hmm. So as long as they match the computer, computer totals, then yeah, we're good. Uh, but, but that is part of, a, just part of the checks and balances that we do.
0: Well, we had a question come in from Chris and Luke, who both asked some form of the same question. They want to know about um, recently in the news, in media, social media, there have been um, concerns about voter intimidation or so-called poll watchers—they um, want to know if you're prepared for that. Should it happen here, and uh, what can be done about that?
1: We have at least we have at least five poll watchers in every precinct. It's the poll workers that is their job, is to watch to make sure everything is done and done correctly and legally. Um, poll watchers themselves, if you're not working for us, is illegal. Uh, and they cannot be inside of the precinct. There's nobody to be inside of the precinct except for the poll workers and the voters uh, as they're voting once there's no, no hanging out inside of the polls. If there is, the poll workers just been instructed to call 911 uh, and we'll have a deputy or city police officer escort them out. Uh, So we had the same Rumors and everything went around in 2016, and I know that we had one guy that was outside of, it was in a 300-foot rule uh, that he was outside of that, but he was sitting down the road a little bit. And I got a phone call, and I just drove by, and I said, you're going to attract more people by setting, you know, another 300 yards down the road next to Route 14, and that's where he went. And he sat down there with his sign and he waved it and he just talked to people. Now we do have, I think right now I'm told it's going to be two precincts, I don't know which ones, that will have exit pollers. they are been hired by the medias and they only talk to people on their way out. They cannot talk to people on the way in. But if there are things that poll watchers then yes, uh, we are we're prepared to have law enforcement take care of those.
0: Well, with that, we've come to the end. Um, if there's anything you think we didn't cover, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell us and the voters what we need to know, um, including you know how to get in touch with you if they need to get that absentee ballot or to get answers to questions that maybe come up tomorrow after they've watched this and think, oh, I should have asked this question. Um, or just anything else you think we need
1: to know? Um, I Yeah, I think that every state ends up having a reputation of, oh, it's corrupt. I mean, you hear from other places and everything. No. We have poll workers in every precinct. They're the ones that make sure that everything is done properly. If they have a question about a voter, that's where they can do a provisional ballot. And then we can make sure that it counts if it's legally cast. Uh, yeah, we on election night when we start running our totals, the first total that comes out of the machine, as I said, is early voting and absentee. I'm standing there as soon as the report comes up. I'm going, we have 4,369 absentees and we have 1,400 early voters to make sure those numbers match. We have a signature for every one of them that goes through. And the same with election day. It's one of those. And you know, how many people go through? We want to make sure that it's that you know we balance. That that is our job. Uh, you know, and we all take it serious. But yeah, if somebody has any questions, uh, they can call our office at 304-424-1860. And as Kim and I was talking earlier uh, before we got on. I have a basically a mini precinct that's set up at the courthouse where I've been testing equipment. So if somebody just wants to come in and see how it works, uh, they, they're more than welcome to come up to the fourth floor and we'll walk you through. Yeah. When you come in and sign in, this is what you're gonna fill out. Uh, here's how you vote your ballot. You get to hold it up in your hand and look at it and go, yep, that's everybody's name that I want it and then drop it into the scanner station. With that, we also do a test where we go through and pre mark ballots to make sure that everybody gets one vote. <laughs> we mark one ballot so that one, yeah. If we have to do five ballots in that precinct to make sure that every position gets one vote, we do that. And we run it through the scanner. We run it through the scanner before we start on election night. And we run it through the scanner afterwards to make sure that everything, the software is all working correctly that, nothing's getting switched even on that. So, now that's our job, and I think that most of the jobs, at least of all the clerks that I've met with are in West Virginia, we want to make sure that, you know, we have a good reputation.
2: And one thing I think a lot of voters don't realize is you, you balance the poll workers between the two parties. You, you can't have all the poll workers be from the same party.
1: C- correct we uh, at every position we have a two people of opposite parties. Yeah, we're used to saying Democrat and Republican, but it's really not Democrat and Republican anymore. It may be a Democrat, nonpartisan, it may be a Republican, and a Libertarian. Uh, you know, something of that nature. But, you know, we do. And this will say we sometimes even have to shuffle, shuffle the positions over what they're appointed so that we can make sure we keep that balance. They're, they're watching each other.
2: Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking your time to talk with us and help us get the voters informed uh, prior to the election. And uh, thank you so much. We uh, have enjoyed talking with you. And remember, everyone, the important thing is please get out and vote.
1: Correct. Every, Every vote, yeah, I am good about saying every vote that counts. And in the first election that I ran in, we had, I believe it was 26,000 votes that were cast, and I won by five. So So if you're, yeah, if you want to make sure, yeah, I'm one of those people that, yeah, I want to make sure that every legal cast vote gets counted. All
2: right. Okay.